Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell. And Barry, before we get to the Thunder Raptors game um, and get into our regular post-game podcast, we have a trade to talk about. We have a, uh, it's not a blockbuster, um, but it is a trade and trades are fun. And so we must talk about it. Um, the Thunder traded a second round pick, uh, the worst of their three second round, 2026 second round picks to the Miami Heat in exchange for KZ Akpala. Uh, Akpala is a third year forward out of Stanford, 32nd overall pick in 2019. But neither the second round pick that the Thunder is sending to Miami nor KZ Akpala is the uh, primary reason behind this trade. They are sort of ancillary pieces in all of this. Um, the main thing with this trade is that Miami owed the Thunder a protected lottery-protected first-round pick beginning in 2023. So it was lottery-protected for 2023. If that doesn't convey 2024, if that doesn't convey 2025, finally it gets unprotected in 2026. So what the Heat and the Thunder agreed to, um, and this also helps the Heat, we'll get to this in a little bit, but... Um, the Thunder gets two of those protected years removed. So you take out 2023 and 2024. It's lottery protected in 25, unprotected in 26. So basically what this all means is there's now, you know, maybe not a good chance, but a significantly better chance that that becomes an unprotected pick in 2026. And if it doesn't, well, it's a, you know, what it was going to be anyway. Um, And getting Akpala and whatever the Thunder does with him is no cost, but kind of a, you know, clever trade really from, from both sides. what do you think of it? Well, I mean, it's, it's completely about, about giving the Thunder more chance, a better chance at a decent draft pick is it's what it's all about. Um, I don't understand all the ramifications for Miami, um, but it's clearly something they were comfortable doing. I don't think, KZ or Paula is going to be a factor in Oklahoma City. Um, what a name, though. Wouldn't you like to type KZ Akpala over and over and over? Yeah, now let me ask you is there periods after the K and the Z? I don't think so, but that's always a good question. Um, that's a new phenomenon, by the way. This idea that you don't have periods in front of uh, names for initials. Um, that's a relatively n- n- uh, modern take on the. On the Initial name. I'm, yeah, I'm, Mark, I'm, Mark, Mark Dagnalt's new son uh, is, I think his, his name's AJ, and there's no periods there, I don't think. so. And his name is AJ. Well, no, it's, it's, I mean, it stands for something, but they call him AJ. Okay. Well, there's people, you know, there's people without real names that just have initials. Uh, one of them was born in 1928. Is my dad. Uh, his name was JL, J period L period. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so a lot of the people, I say a lot, some of the people you see with nickname, with, with, uh, with just uh, letters for a name, it's not in the, it's not an abbreviation. It's just their name, but you generally have periods. So, um, it looks like Casey Okpala's real first name is Chikezi. So, there's a K and a Z in that, so I guess he just goes by KZ because it's easier to say. Well, so. I mean, it's it's sort of the fate of the Thunder when you get right down to it. And, you know, we remember the glory days of KD. Now we're resorting <laughs> to KZ. Um, 
it's it's my understanding that they're very similar ball players in skill and talent level, um, but uh, you know that this this is the uh, this is the world in which we live. Uh, Sam Presti's always good for huge uh, deadline trades, but the Thunder the way they are, this is the this is the kind of trade we get here. Uh, but heck, maybe it maybe it pays off in twenty twenty six. Do you, do you know my favorite part about this trade? What is that? Do you know who broke the trade? Who broke the news? Who broke the news of the trade? I do not know who broke the news of the trade. The Miami Heat. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a press <laughs> release. <laughs> oh, you've got to love it. Take that, Shams. Yeah. Take that, Woj. Well, yeah, they, the- they, they sent out a tweet with an attached press release um, saying that they're sending Casey Akpala uh, to the Thunder. And I was, it was just crazy to see that way. Wait, let me ask you a question. What's the chances Casey Akpala doesn't have an agent? That might be the, what if he doesn't have an agent? I don't know. You know, James Harden doesn't have an agent. Yeah, neither does we, Joel Embiid. Well, you know what? Trade, forget, forget Ben Simmons. Trade Harden for Embiid. <laughs> and we got us another trade that, uh, that those guys can't, can't break the news on. We'll start a trend. Um, yeah. Did you, you think see though Casey- Harden is like trying to get like a temporary agent though, just a, uh, Agent for a week, basically, to facilitate the trade. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know Casey Akpala's agent if he has an agent. Um, you think he's going to report? The Thunder are going to keep him. What are they going to do with him? I, I don't know for sure. I asked Mark Dagnall about it today, knowing that that Mark wasn't going to say, but just try, interested to see what he says. He says um, they're going to wait for the dust to settle. And they'll know more after the trade deadline, which, sure, we're, we're all going to know a lot more after the trade deadline. He's, he called it fluid. Um, I, even before him saying that, I thought there was a very low chance that KZ Akpala winds up in Oklahoma City. Now I think there's even less of a chance of that happening. Um, here's my take on, on KZ Akpala. And I, I don't know a ton about him, admittedly. But I very much trust the Heat organization to find guys, develop guys, so... If they're, you know, trading him at this cost, then um, I, I think there's a very small chance the Thunder's legitimately interested in, in rostering him. Like I said, last year of a rookie contract expiring deal cost the Thunder practically nothing. They can waive him and use that spot to bring in someone else, another salary dump or whatever it may be. So I, I, pro- I think that's the way they're going to go. Any, any chance they'd bring uh, Diakati back? I think so. Now that would, I think it might be a little later. Um, we'll see. But if they have an open roster spot, I think Diakite is probably going to be back. There, there's a case for that, especially given their center situation. I also think that gives them a natural sort of excuse to not play Mike Mascalo when you can just say, "Hey, we're wanting to give Diakite a longer look at center." Um, the other scenario is that they give Aaron Wiggins a standard deal promoting him from a two-way, but I don't think there's a big rush on that. Yeah. Uh, KZ probably missed his calling. If, he, if he'd have hurried up and got to Oklahoma City by six, 7 o'clock, the Thunder might have played him tonight. Um, he he, he might have he played. Real quick, though, I want to get into the, this from a Miami perspective. 
basically it's good for them because of the stepping rule in which you can't trade consecutive first-round picks. Because that pick was lottery protected for those three years, trading him now frees them up to trade their 2022, 2023, and like 2028 first-round pick. So basically it just gives Miami quite a bit more flexibility since they don't have those protections on it now. Well, well there you go. And like we said, the Thunder's got a better chance of getting a decent pick um, because – you know, it basically, it's a two-shot thing. They're either going to get 25 or 26, right? Right, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't... If so it basically, doesn't... The, the Thunder wants the Heat to be out of the playoffs in 2025. Out of the playoffs in 2025, which means it's protected. Yeah, it's lottery and so Miami protected. Keep, and so Miami keeps it. And then in 26... It's unprotected. It's unprotected. So what the Thunder really needs is Miami to be back-to-back bad in 25 and 26. Exactly. Exactly. That's where it would really pay off. Right. But it, previous to this trade, it had three years of lottery right. protected. What are the odds that Miami, in a glamour market that knows what they're doing, is out of the playoffs yeah. you know, three straight years? It's probably well, they've, yeah, they've, they've doubled their chances of a, of a good draft pick. Yeah. They needed four straight uh Bad years from Miami, basically. Yeah. Before this trade, now they just need two. Well, and also you look at Miami. I mean, Adebayo and Hero, very, very good young players. But you know, who knows if they're still going to be there in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six? Probably so, but maybe not. And then Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry won't be there. Jimmy Butler, I think, is going to be thirty five. So it's just sort of, you know. It's like the Houston situation or like the Clippers situation. Just because they look great at the moment, you have no idea what these teams are going to look like five years from now. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't cost anything except a second-round pick in, was it 26? Yeah. The third. The third of three. So Yeah, they, it's like their own, the Timberwolves, and I think the Sixers, and the, the Heat get whatever the worst of that is. Yeah, you don't need a bunch of... You don't need a bunch of uh, second round picks in twenty twenty six. I don't think so. Um, so there you go. That's that's uh, as about as good of a trade as you can make when you're in the Thunder situation. Um, I don't want to talk too much about. I don't want to talk at all about hypothetical trades because we're we're going to know at two p.m. tomorrow and it's going to be outdated. But just so we can look back and either laugh at ourselves or say, "Hey, good guess." Um, Nick Gallo just asked me this question, so I'll ask you, not counting the trade that's been made today, but over under one and a half Thunder trades on deadline day. Oh, I'll go under. Oh, under. Under. I said over. Oh, you will. You think there'll be multiple trades tomorrow? I I, I talked myself into it. My first answer was under. Um but I is think, that is that because of the league wide demand for Paul Watson? Is that what <laughs> is that is that what's going on here? My my guess is, for example, they could they could waive Akpala. They could take in. I think they're going to take in another bad salary. Like look at Toronto for example tonight. They could take in a deal like Goran Dragic's, save the Raptors some tax room and. Um, that's that. So I, I think there's going to be one more salary dump deal. And then that to me is a safe guess. A not so safe guess is betting on like a Kenrich Williams deal, which I still think should happen. Um, 
not thinking really is going to happen. But again, I don't want to don't want to guess too much about that. But yeah, I'll say over just to be fun. No, yeah, well, there you go. What would the Thunder do with a Goran Dragic? Would you just immediately wave him or buy him out, or what would? Yeah, he's on. Him, he's on an expiring deal. They'd buy him out. Well, they don't want him, you know, coming out here and playing good basketball, which he always has done on a regular basis in his career. I don't know why it didn't work yeah, out where they it's could. Then a weird him. situation. Um, yeah, I mean. But no, they would. They would one hundred percent buy him out, and then someone would sign him. And that's a team that's not very good on the bench. I mean, the Raptors. They got a great starting lineup, but that bench brigade's not very good. No. So they could use. It seems like they could use a, a going Dragic. Yeah, but heck, I don't know. Um, I don't know. A perfect transition uh, into this game. Because the Thunder played the Toronto Raptors tonight, and they lost one seventeen to ninety eight. And you talk about that starting group. I, I know they're not like a legitimate Eastern Conference contender, but I love that starting lineup: OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet. Very. Uh, it, it took me about five minutes to look up uh, Pascal Siakam's career high tonight in, into this game. It's forty four. I was thinking that we might be well on pace. For that, he scored, uh, what was it, 15 in the first quarter? Um, yeah, 21 at halftime. 20, 21 at halftime, and he yeah. just, they're, yeah, they're he such was, a physically impressive uh, uh, group, the, the Raptors are, just like to be positionless way they can play. A lot of them, obviously like Van Vliet and Gary Trento for this category, but like Ananobi, Boucher, Siakam, they just have, uh, Scotty Barnes, just a bunch of guys that are like six eight with long arms. Yeah, and you know, basically they play without a postman, is what they play. Yeah, um, Siakam is listed as the center. Crying out loud, he plays as much point guard as he does center. So they've got a very interesting team. I sort of like them. They're not terribly um, heralded. They're sort of anonymous, which is crazy for a recent NBA champion. But they've they've done a remarkable job of losing pivotal players. You know, Kawhi, what would it have been two and a half years ago? And then Kyle Lowry, the franchise cornerstone, last summer, without getting a ton back, none in the case of Kawhi, and still being right there as a solid Eastern Conference team. They're 30 and 23 and could finish as high as sixth, I suppose. Yeah. It's a lot. So I like them. Um, I like them a lot. Yeah. They've got a uh, seven game win streak now, uh, which is second in NBA to the Warriors. So the Thunder have played those two teams back to back. But yeah, so Siakam has had a really. I mean, you, you talked about their team being under the radar. He's had an under-the-radar season. He's been playing at an all-star level. Tonight he had 27-16-5 on 13-17 of 17 shooting. He dominated in the first half. Fred Van Vliet was on fire in the third quarter. He, he took 14 threes tonight, Van Vliet did. 14 of his 17 shots. Uh, he was 6-14. of 14. Gary Trent, uh, he had 16. And Anobi, who just was on a mission to just punished Josh Giddy in the in the first quarter, backed him down on uh, twice and scored easily over him. He's 
as far as like, um, wow, that guy's bigger than I thought he was. OG Ananobi, much bigger than I thought he was. He is, he's a strong man. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. And they got a good coach with Nick Nurse. Uh, Barnes looks like he plays for, I don't know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs or somebody. When you look at his arms. Oh gosh, uh, no. He got the, he's got he's got biceps bigger than Ty Jerome's whole body. So uh yeah, they're 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 a well constructed group of men, I'll say that. So um they're they're sort of fun to watch, uh, I thought. And Fan Vliet's one of the great stories in the NBA for crying yeah. out loud, just to, you know, you're talking about uh a guy at Florida State, at Wichita State, didn't have a didn't have a uh, lot of uh, heraldness coming out of coming out of the uh, 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 out of uh, college. I think he's undrafted, wasn't he? I think he's an undrafted free agent. And now, you know, is is he on the All Star team? Did he make the All Star team? Um, I think he did. Yeah, I think he made the All Star team. So. Really, you know, he's making $21 million a year now. He's sort of a self-made guy. They're, watching this team, you know what I got to thinking? It, it sort of gave me some hope. Maybe I ought to just write about it. It gave me a little bit of hope about the Thunder in that they're a little bit like the Thunder in that they've suffered some losses, personnel losses. The Thunder, you know, went total rebuild. Toronto hasn't. But if you look at their teams... They're built around, you know, Toronto's built around four or five guys. Thunder's built around three, but Thunder's got uh, built around uh, SGA. He is sort of their Siakam. I'm not saying he's as good as Siakam. He's not as accomplished. He's younger. But you're talking about a guy that's sort of a, uh, sort of a, a hybrid, a guy that does a lot of different things, sort of an unorthodox player. There's not a lot of guys like him, um, but he can do a lot of things, borderline all-star type. Then you look at the Van Vliet-Lou uh, Dort comparison. Van Vliet's a little older. He's farther down the line. He's a different kind of player, but undrafted guys who have made themselves into really valuable NBA players. And then you look at rookies, Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy. Uh, Barnes moved way up the draft before the draft. Giddy moved up the draft pecking order after the draft, the way he's played. But I can see uh, that just in terms of the, the the development of the of the prime players, there's some similarities there. Yeah, and, and also got, teams and not built around like a first team All NBA guy. Exactly, exactly. And you know, you talk about Ananobi and um, and Gary Trent Jr. I mean, he's, the Thunder he's really good. doesn't. He's good yeah, too. he's good. The Thunder doesn't have guys like that yet, but they can get them. So, that to me, even if even without lottery luck, I think the Thunder is going to be you know vastly improved here in the next couple of years. Just looking at the Toronto model, but they also have uh, one of your all-time Thunder favorites in Svima Hiluk on this team. I did not know he was playing on this squad until a minute 47 remained, and Nick Nurse put him in the game. He got a shot up. He's not afraid to shoot. I'll say that for uh, Sfee. Um Made his one basket. 
but it was good to see him. It was, uh, it was funny. It was very, they, very, very good to see him. Mario said, welcome back to Oklahoma City, number 14, Sveeni Hailuk. And um, <laughs> not much response from the crowd. To, no. to their credit, or in their defense, Sveeni Hailuk played in Oklahoma City in front of zero fans. So, so no, no, no one saw him in a Thunder uniform. <laughs> no, 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 not <laughs> oh, at all. Oh, boy. But what um, a weird game. I thought it was a weird game from a rotational standpoint. The Thunder played four guys off the bench. They all played either 30 or 31 minutes. Yeah, and that's more that's than, more all than the every starter. starter except Dort, who played 30 minutes, 50 seconds. So... Um, <laughs> I thought it was a strange rotation game by our good friend Mark Dagnalt. He tried to explain it. I don't know that he did to to where I understood what the heck he's doing. Other than um, he said, you know, this is a tough stretch. No multiple days off in a row uh, going into the All-Star break for quite a while. Going back, I don't know, what, a week or two. It's that way until, until the All-Star break hits on Wednesday next week. So... He's just trying to manage the, the minutes and, and load management. and uh, Not a bad time to do it. But it did make for some interesting performances. Um, a couple of guys who, frankly, we've, we've, we've told to go ahead and put the lock on, the, on their coffin careers. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, they tap on the, tap on the wood and say, hey, don't, don't put me in the ground yet. <laughs> and that's, of course, Theo Maladon and uh, Alexei Pokashevsky. Both of them yeah. played very solid tonight. And got to leave Poco go 7-9. Uh, Unbelievable. And and he had a good game. When was it? On Sacramento, yeah. Saturday night, Sacramento. So, and of course, in typical Poco's fashion, he goes 4-5 from three-point range. He was 4-4 four 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 when he actually hit something. Um his one miss was an air ball, and it's not particularly close. So that's problematic. But um, he does seem to have a pulse a little bit. He also had four steals and two blocks. Yeah, um, and, and you know what? That's another thing, St. Joe. We've been talking about you know the, the problems in his game this season, but we have not talked at all, as far as I can remember this year, about any defensive acumen. And last year, every once in a while, he'd show some flashes. Well, we talked about his shot blocking last year. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's been—he's not had a good year defensively at all. Um, and I think that's why probably haven't talked about it a ton. But it's a uh, definitely a good game and an encouraging game for Maladon and Poku. Poku specifically, um, just because he's been so bad and just because his upside is so immense. Like you said, seven of nine, four of five. The thing I found really fascinating, just the the whole Poku experience is fascinating because last year, you know, he's playing 20-something minutes a night. He's starting for much of the second half of the season when they have guys out. He is clearly, you know, not ready to play in the NBA, but they consistently roll him out there. And it made sense. It's a rebuilding team. They're They're tanking. And at the same time, developing their young players like Poku. This season, completely different um, way of managing Poku. Yes, they've had you know fewer guys who have been out now. They have a lot out now, um, but they've 
sent him to the G League uh, more than just that one stint from last year. He's playing very limited minutes. They haven't really taken the gloves off like they did last year. And Mark Dagnalt, I don't know if you've noticed it, Barry, but he is almost... Um, he almost goes out of his way to not praise Poku in ways that he compliments other players. And almost every time he talks about him, he mentions the word competing. He's got to compete when he's out there. He's got to compete, compete, compete. Um, and even when he plays well, like tonight, Dagnall said, well, I thought he was better in Sacramento. And this is after Poku plays his best offensive game of the season. And I get that, but it's clearly there. Uh, there's, there's some sort of strategy they have of, you know, maybe not letting it get to his head or like wanting to expect this out of him more often. But I, I just find it interesting. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Um, and I, I don't, you'd know more about the motivation there than, than, than I would, but um, he's still just whatever he is. Is he 20 yet? Or is he's he, 20. Yeah. He just turned 27 foot and he's got some skill. So, <laughs> You know, you don't give up on a 20-year-old seven-footer with some skill. You just don't do it. Um, heck, here's the deal. I'd play, I might play him 30 minutes a game the rest of the year. Just just see what you got. Just see what happens with him. Um, Here, here's, my, here's my thing about this, and I, I totally agree that if you're just like <laughs> – like if it's just us talking, yeah, it makes sense to do that development-wise, losing-wise – I don't I don't know this, but I'm I'm just spitballing here that with as much as like Dagnalt, you know, praises hard work and like that, you know, the Kenrich Williams Lou Dort mentality and clearly Poku doesn't have that. So if you're playing that guy that much and he's one of the worst players on your team and isn't competing maybe at the level of other guys, I think that could just Send a wrong message, and I don't Hurt know the if, culture. Yeah, I don't you're know if that's pro- what they're doing, but that's what I'm thinking. You're saying protect the culture. Yeah, hashtag protect. Well, that, the I mean, culture. that's a solid point. You don't <laughs> want you want Josh Giddy and Trey Mann and uh, Aaron Wiggins and, and yeah. Robinson Earl. You want those guys to know what's expected. Um, of course, on the other hand, they sent him to they sent him to the to the blue for a month and let him come off the bench or. Well, Stay he on was, the bench. He was just frankly really bad with the blue, yeah. too. So, I mean, I think they sort of – most of those guys see what's happening. But anyway, it's he's he's at least something to talk about down the, down <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the drudgery of this uh, situation. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's at least something uh, to, t- to talk about. Well, let's give him something to talk about. <laughs> the other, it's getting too late. The other thing is like – we, under, we understand this. Surely the players understand it to some level. But the whole concept of like, hey, we're going to play this guy because he's 20 years old, he's developing, and we need to lose some games, so we're going to give him 30 minutes. Like, if you're a professional athlete, I don't know if that plan sounds all that good to you if you're his teammate. The whole concept of franchises tanking is something we all should understand. The idea, which some people throw out there mistakenly, that players tank – let me tell you something. Trey Mann and Kenrich Williams and those guys, they're not trying to lose games. They're trying to make a name for themselves. Yes. They're not. The last thing they want to do is 
Yeah, let's help them get a better draft pick so they can yeah. draft somebody who'll get me off the if, roster. If they play yeah. intentionally poorly, they're all going to be out of the NBA. I mean, it just that, doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, Ty Jerome is he's trying to he's trying to you know hold off anybody that wants his roster spot. So yeah, he wants the Thunder. That'd be great for Ty Jerome for them to go get you know the fifth pick or the you know the Clippers pick comes in at twelve or something. So they can go find a shooter to replace him. Ty Jerome's not about that. So um, the players want to win. They want to play well. That, that, that's, unass- that's unassailable. So, um, so yeah, they don't, they're not crazy about Poku playing thirty minutes a game um, if he's not if it's not warranted. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's intriguing, and and we'll we'll see what's. What's next for Poku? You mentioned Jerome, and I want to end on this just because it's uh, it's uh, getting shared a lot. Speaking of tanking, I, I think there's some people who are questioning a possession in the third quarter when I don't know if you noticed it in real time, Barry, but Ty Jerome dribbled for 24 seconds and the Thunder was called for a shot clock violation. I didn't notice. I didn't realize it until your question. Now, I knew he dribbled out the possession but i didn't know he had the ball for all 24 seconds no passes yeah that's that's uh russell westbrookish yeah and uh, although russ wouldn't he didn't russ didn't let the sun go down on a, on a shot clock I mean, he'd, <laughs> he'd, he'd get a shot up at the rim. Uh, so I, I wonder what went on with ty jerome there i wonder what that was yeah, all about daniel said and he's right like i I'm, i i don't think there's a i excuse me there's zero conspiracy behind it. I, I, I know that. I, I think that they were just trying to set up a two-for-one. There was about 50 seconds left, so you tried to take, you know, leave them with, you know, 35 seconds left or whatever. Then you get the ball back on the last possession. Um, but you just dribbled, 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 and, and didn't get a shot up. It, it just looked kind of odd, and, and the video of it, like, looks even worse because it's like, what's going on here? So... Yeah, well, it was uh, for a tit for a sort of a standard by the book blowout. I thought it was an entertaining game. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's Toronto, fresh meat, and it was well, uh, Poco and Maladon, I think, new faces with the Thunder, and and then um, of course Giddy's always fun. Dort had a bad game. I thought it was one of Dort's worst games. Um, you like the mask? Uh I actually once played basketball for several weeks with a mask when I was oh, really? back in my in the thirty in the thirties. In the nineties when I was in my thirties, I played a weekly game of basketball and I happened to break my nose on the court. And um the uh a local trainer who I knew had a basketball mask. He said, Yeah, just use this for a while. I don't need it. Let me if I need it, I'll call you. So for three or four Sundays, four or five Sundays in a row, I wore a mask to play basketball. And was this like yes, a rec league or? No, it's not. It was just pickup at the high okay. school. I played with a bunch of Norman High teachers. Um, and I will say this: it was it was strange at the start, but I sort of got used to it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if I think Luke Dort be fine if he wants to keep wearing it. Seemed like it'd be a good time to just rest him, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he's got a broken nose, I guess, or whatever it is. I don't know what. Yeah, nasal I, nasal fracture. In other words, a broken nose. Fr- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, they don't want people. Sometimes just don't want to level with you on any on any basis. Dude. Let's find let's find a different way to say broken nose. It's a nasal fracture. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, I I. I think it's a case of he'll be fine with it if he wants to play in it but yeah just you know just go the rip hamilton route just just wear it forever yeah and you know he uh, he actually sort of made a trademark of it so um but anyway well, I, one I, more thing I, on the mask i think you'll be fine with the mask there were, there was two players on the court tonight wearing a mask Lou Dort and Ken Birch, both of whom are from Montreal. So I, I thought that really? was a nice coincidence. Here's trivia for you. You know, the Canadiens fired their coach tonight or yesterday or, yesterday or today. That's news they got, I missed. Okay. They got the worst record in the uh, National Hockey League. And when I saw that, I thought, how could the Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> I mean, I can say not winning the Stanley Cup for a long time, which they haven't. How do you have the worst record? And then I remembered, over a five-year period, the worst record in the NBA, I think it was, was it 13 through 19 or 13 through 8, whatever it was, right before LeBron got there, the worst records in the NBA tied with the Knickerbockers and the Lakers. So I think we can give the Canadiens a pass for having the worst record in the National Hockey League. Lou Dort's a big Canadiens fan. He tweets about them. Well, I, I should have I, asked him about them firing their coach, but first I would have had to look up the coach's name. Yeah, I, I just saw that as an, e, <laughs> an ESPN headline at some point. But um, I'm actually more of a Maple Leaf fan <laughs> because they got the coolest nickname in sports. I think it's the best nickname in sport, the Maple Leafs. Yeah. I just think that's a fabulous name because um, you can do a lot of things. You can call them the Maples. You can call them the Leafs. You can call them the Maple Leafs. I just – it's a it's a cool name, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. The Montreal Canadiens have the worst record in the NHL. Yeah. All right. Well, that was my big takeaway from uh, from the evening. So w- with that, we'll see what happens with the trade deadline, Barry. If there's if there's something crazy, if uh, if the uh, if Dort, who hails from Montreal, gets traded, we'll have to. Hop on an emergency pod or or something like this, but um, uh, either I might be in the emergency room. <laughs> trade Lou, Go- Lou Dort for crying out loud. Yeah, um, J- let, let me just say I for mentioning his name um, in a trade in a couple of trade stories I did. I, I've not gotten the most polite emails from some readers, <laughs> some of whom have threatened to never uh, turn on a Thunder game for the rest of time if they trade Lou Dort. Yeah, well, they traded Stone Cold Stephen Adams. I guess they can tro- trade Lou against Dort. I guess they can. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast, and we'll be back with you Friday night um, from Philadelphia.